Good morning, everybody. Stuart Watson here in the host chair, a rare outing in the host chair for the Kings of Anglia podcast. And today is a very special day. It's the day that makes it all feel very real. The new season is coming. The fixtures are out. We've got lots to discuss today, gentlemen. A couple of signings since we last all got together. Um, It's all going on in the world of League One at the moment. But I'd like to start with the fixture list. Ipswich Town held a, uh, a special breakfast this morning for, for fans and corporate guests and people like that, in which Kieran McKenna and Mark Ashton uh, reacted live to those fixtures being released, which was uh, I was uh, privileged enough to be a part of. So it was nice to see Kieran McKenna's face light up as he saw those fixtures for the first time and respond to them live. And he is very happy that Ipswich Town have got a home game to start with, it's Bolton Wanderers at home. I should introduce you all, really, before we jump into all this, shouldn't I? To my right, for those watching, is Mike Bacon. How are you, man? Well, I'm on your left, aren't I? You're well. As as I look at you, you're on my right. It doesn't oh. matter. As I look at you, you're on my. Oh yeah, you're on my left. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Stu. Yeah, I'm great, thanks, mate. And it's nice to hear you schmoozing around with, uh, with all the Breakfast Club at Portman Road. I bet you were. Yeah, so I bet you're your element there, my friend, weren't you? Um, you know, just pick up a few little things. That sounds sounds like good. Sounds like a good. Uh, sounds like a good thing to do. It was really good. I'll tell you a bit more about it in a minute. But first of mm. all, I'll introduce the man who's definitely below me on this screen. I think we can all be <laughs> in agreement on that one. It's it's Ross Halls. Who uh, who was putting in the hard yards on the five-a-side pitch again last night with us, Ross? Showing some twinkle toes. How are you? I'm very well. I'm a bit sore this morning, um, but yes, yeah, Stuart, it was a very good session once again at goals in Ipswich. Um, your team beat my team, but um, yeah, your team had more of the runners, a lot of more fit players. But um, you were an absolute baller, Mike Stuart Watson. He's a baller. Mm. I'm sure you're aware of that already. But well, um, yeah. Yeah, I am aware of that. Yeah, I have played with young Stu. He's a he's a bit he's a bit 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 roughy tufty for my liking. Though. I like a bit more. I was a bit more skillful on the ball. He tends to sort of slide in from all different angles when I when I watched him play. So, um, but yes, yeah, so I didn't get an invite to this goals thing. Obviously, I don't know quite why that is. I was, uh, you know, age is not a barrier to to quality of footballer. You know, chaps. I mean, you don't have to. You know, just anyway. But yes, uh, well, so I did see your tweet about you're absolutely knackered, Ross. I mean, after ten minutes, which seems a bit extraordinary for a twenty year old. But there you go. I'll just give you a little insight into Ross as a footballer. Um, likes to get out of his feet, likes to run at people. It's quite nippy. But he also does this sort of weird thing that I've never seen people do before. He makes a little squeal just as he's about to hit the ball or just as he knocks the ball out of his feet. He makes this sort of, ah, noise. And he does it every time. And it's um, it's very odd. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's just, I don't know, just starting to scare people. But it's not going to scare you, is it? Um <laughs> <laughs> there's one there's one highlight from the night. Um and of course a lot of the Kings of Angley army was was there, so shout out to them. But Kieran Stanley, um, he just picked me up, didn't he once? He just basically just went, pick me up, get me out of the way, so you guys can go for attack. And yeah, as you know, I'm I haven't got much weight on me, so um, I'm easily just to be removed. But um me and Stu had a few tussles, didn't we? And a few more tussles when you're defending. Yeah, it was good fun. I've uh I it was up at goals at Ipswich on those new whatever, 4G, 5G pitches, whatever they call them. And uh, the next morning, I'm still finding those little black bits of, of rubber pellets uh, coming out of every orifice this morning. They they get everywhere, don't they? Um, enough about that. 
let's get back to Ipswich Town, which is what this podcast is all about. And the fixtures, which I, I mentioned rather prematurely in that intro. Ipswich Town start at home to Bolton. I'll give you the first month, if you like, um, so you can digest them. Let's have a little look at these here. I'm just going to uh, bring the list up in front of me. So Bolton Wanderers at home. On Saturday, July the 30th. That is early for a football season to start, isn't it? Followed by Forest Green away, which uh, I'm sure a lot of fans are looking forward to going there. A new ground, I think, for many, myself included. MK Dons at home. Burton away on a Tuesday night. Shrewsbury away. Uh, then Barnsley at home. So, thoughts on that opening month to start with, gentlemen. Who wants to go first? Young Michael. Young, young Mike, well, you called me old Michael in the in the YouTube video we did of, of a quick reaction to this, and that's young Michael when we're on the podcast, which is great. I don't really mind. Um, Bolt Wanderers at home, I did actually sort of, um, I, I have gone through a few record books and found that Bolt Wanderers, we actually played on opening day when we won the league title in 1961-62 season. Although right, that was well, away that's it. Hand us the that, trophy now. That was away from home, though, young Stewpot, so it wasn't at home. Um, it was away at um, Burnden Park or something, wasn't it? I can't remember what it was called now, but anyway... Drew nil nil apparently. Yes, that's it. So the title is ours um, because we've got Bolton on opening day. I think that's quite a tough fixture, actually. In all seriousness, I think that's quite a tough fixture. Uh, Bolton finished really well, didn't they, Stu? At the end of last season, um, on a bit of a high. So, but as I did say to to, to Russ, we have sort of. Spoke, I mean, I do. I, I I'm in a way. I'm in a way from home person on opening day, preferably. I, I would rather be away from home than at home. Just always feels a little bit of pressure at home on opening day. There's fans are all great expectation. The sun is bound to be shining, and just a little bit more. Pre- I don't know. Perhaps that's. I know it's superstition, but that's that's how I. But anyway, tough. Yeah, future. I know. I know what you mean. Um, it's going to be a big, big crowd there for the opening day. Hopefully, the sun is shining as it so often is on on that opening day. It'd be great to see the new kit for the first mm-hmm. time, both in the stands and, and on the pitch. Um, and it does bring a little bit of expectation that first day. Mm. Was it Morecambe opening day last season, which yeah. I think is a little bit different. I think if we're going to be a home game, I'd rather it be a Bolton, who I think have got a real chance of being in the mix last season. I think Ian Everett is building something there. So it's a tricky opening day fixture that if you look at the three home games, the first three home games, it's Bolton, MK Dons, who should be up and around it. And Barnsley as well have just come down from the championship. So they're three really good home games to start. And look, we're going to now spend a little bit of time pouring over these and reading into them. Ultimately, you play everyone home and away. And uh, it probably doesn't mean a lot, but I'd rather play those kind of tougher games at home early on than, I mean, we saw it last year, didn't we? We all looked at that fixture list and went, oh, it's a decent start on paper to get off up and running. Uh, Morecambe and Cheltenham and Burton all in in that opening month, and, and there's a bit of pressure on your shoulders, and, and it didn't work out that way. So maybe is is this a better way to to get started, sort of in in at the deep end, while while other teams are maybe getting their house in order a bit? Yeah, well, it's proven. You know, in League One, we've had fast starts, but then also last season we didn't have a fast start. Do we? we didn't win a game until September and. Um, as you said, them three home games to start of the season, Bolton, um, Barnsley and MK Dons, they're, they're going to be up there this season, aren't they? They're going to be. So to get them out of the way, early doors at home, hopefully get three points against them all. Go on. Why not, Tal? Go on, Kieran McKenna and co. Um, 
I'm going to sort of jump straight away to Forest Green Rovers away. That's the first away game of the season. You always look out for the first away game of the season as well. And we've never been there before. I'm sure town fans are going to be packing out that away end. Um, and I'm excited for that one because it's a new ground for us all. So yeah, bring yeah, on. I think- I think for I think Forest Green Rovers away is a is a is a very tough start because I'm sure it will be their opening home match, won't it? In in their new league, you know, and just like everywhere is rocking on opening day, the Amaris Forest Green Rovers are going to be certainly rocking. I mean, imagine if you're a Forest Green Rovers fan today and your opening fixture is Ipswich Town at home in uh, in League One, the, you know, the highest level they've been. That's a terrific fixture for them and a tough one for Ipswich because. You know, as we saw last season, Stu's right. You know, you look at Morecambe, you looked at Cheltenham, you thought, oh, well, that's all right. These teams coming up, they're tough teams to beat, you know, tough teams, and their, their adrenaline will be sub. So, overall, you mentioned the fixtures, Stu, didn't you? The first five. I mean, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but I don't think it's easy. But I don't think it's the toughest, but I don't think it's the easiest, I think. And there's a real chance to set a marker down there, actually, as you say. You get MK Dons, Barnsley, and, and Bolton at home, you get. Phew, well, at least seven points out of that lot, maybe nine. Well, nine be terrific. You know, um, seven would be fantastic as well. I think Forest Green having them away is better because, as I mentioned, mm. the Morecambe game earlier. I think when Morecambe, a team like them or Forest Green, are coming up to League One for the first time in a long time slash ever. I don't know what what the history is is there. You have to remind me. But coming to Portman Road is the proverbial cup final and they all have walked mm. out in front of those sort of crowds that they're used to playing in front of hundreds, low thousands at times and then walking out of Portman Road, you do get that extra adrenaline spike and I think we saw that mm. from Morecambe. So the fact, I think if it was Forest Green coming to Ipswich early on, um, I'd rather be going there, to, to be mm. honest, in, in that early fixture. So I think that's a good one. I think having some of these tougher games early on might be good for Ipswich because, and we'll come on to the signings in in a bit, but Ipswich are getting some really good early business done. They've got the core of the squad in place. It's night and day compared to last summer where we were scrambling to, to fill the squad after the Paul Cook demolition job. So hopefully Ipswich are going to be well-drilled and well-settled and well-bedded in to hit the ground running. And not every other club is going to be the same and not playing Derby early on, but they're going to be... You know, I was thinking, well, maybe it'd be good to play someone like Derby, for instance, who are in all sorts of uncertainty at the moment. But MK Dons might, I don't know how late in the day it will be before Scott Twine almost inevitably leaves. And will they still be scrambling to kind of get his replacement in the door? Barnsley are going to have to sell before they can buy, it's looking like. So to face some teams like that early on might be to Ipswich's benefit, possibly. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd tell you, I'd like, I'd quite like Derby earlier on. I mean, they're not too far. I mean, we've got them fairly, but I mean, I, they're not, not till October. I'd, I'd like, I would like to have had Derby in the first, in the first two or three games. I must be honest, because I think you're right. It's a little, when you drop down to League One, which they're obviously doing, sometimes it's a bit sort of, um, well, that's only League One. We all bounce back up. I think, who have we heard that from before? Yeah, a few of us. So, you know, that could well be Derby fans sort of, well, mm. you know, we shouldn't have really been relegated to Mars. We had enough points to stay up, so we'll bounce back. And yeah, they find out League One is quite a tough league. And yeah, when was... we played, sorry, Stu, to jump in, um, I just want to bring my thunder a little bit here. Um, when Bolton came down, and of course, had their, all those problems, that was in September, and we beat him 5 0. Of course, yeah. Derby's in October, so they may have things maybe sorted out, but I'm sure they're still going to be probably in a mess, unfortunately. But yeah, that was a yeah. interesting time. 
Yeah, so it's that first month, isn't it, where the transfer window is still open and teams are still trading. We saw with Ipswich, Selina, um, Walton, Morsi all came virtually on either transfer deadline day or the day before in August last year. Um, so it's, it's catching teams while they're still in that little early season transitional period, isn't it? Um, so Ipswich maybe have got a chance to, to do that with, with one or two in the opening month. Um, beyond that August... July August period. What what else is catching your eye? Well, we were talking about. We I lost time. A quick look at. You go to September, okay? Which only it's only the month after August, so we're still very early on here. Um, Accrington away, Sheffield Wednesday away, and Plymouth away. Now they're three tough away games in in, in September. So if you haven't, you want to have got we Ipswich want to have got to a reasonably good start because I know they've got a couple of home games in there. They've got three tough away games, and um, and I think the first couple of months of the season is going to be really interesting. It's a bit of a mixed bag. The whole thing is a bit of a mixed bag. There's potential there to go really well. There's a potential there to not make a particularly good start at all. You could have some real slip ups there. So um, I mean, you can go through the whole fixture list if you wanted to. Could it? I mean. I, I'll just mention Christmas, Duke, because I know, you know, we, we like to be at home at Christmas and, and Boxing Day. We are, aren't we, Ross? Ross is pleased, particularly. Yeah, I'm always pleased, Boxing Day. But then we've got a trip to Lincoln on New Year's Day, which isn't too bad. Then we've got to travel to Pompey after Christmas. So it's sort of like, uh, what do you rather have? But it's nice to be Boxing Day at Portman Road. That's going to be a great festive. Of course, last season, um, we had cancellations because of COVID and stuff. Hopefully that won't be the case this year. Um, and we didn't have a Boxing Day fixture. So this year, hopefully this is the year, we have a Boxing Day fixture. And thankfully, we're at Portman Road, so I'm happy with that. Um, now, should we talk about the elephant in the room, Stu and Mike, uh, about the Tuesday night away trips? Should we get them out of the way? Early doors? Yeah, go on. So, so October 25th, Tuesday night, trip to Port Vale. Uh, we haven't been to Port Vale for a while, have we? I think it was the 90s last time we played them. And then Bristol Rovers, 14th of February away. So, um, yeah, two. Of course, Burton Albion away on a Tuesday night. It's, it's not too bad, is it? It's not, not the end of the world. It's August, so it's early days. But Port Vale and Bristol Rovers, midweek, not, not fun. Could, could be worse on that front. Yeah. I think we've done worse on a Tuesday night. I'm not going to take you through this month by month because I think that would be yeah. very dry. But I'll go to September very quickly. Accrington away on September 3rd is interesting to me because... Accrington has kind of felt a couple of times in League One in the, what, the second or third month. It's kind of, Accrington away has been where the wheels have started to fall off for Ipswich. They've been the real bogey side. They've they've kind of epitomised the League One struggle for me, Ipswich, who've made good starts, played some good football, and then they run into a team like Accrington away and been bullied, outfought, Um and that will be a real test for me to see how much McKenna has addressed some of those deficiencies in the squad. Now, there's a theme running through the players that he signed thus far, and we'll talk about that in a bit in terms of some physicality and athleticism. I, I think that will be a real marker of uh, how much ships which have improved if they can go to Accrington Stanley at the start of September and, uh, and do something there. I think that's a good shout, Stu, because, I mean, the, the, yeah, you'll come on to, as you said, we'll come on to signing soon. And certainly it, it's these tricky, uh, you look at the fixture list as a whole, as you say, you don't want to be too dry and talk about month by month, but you look, I, you look at the fixture list as a whole, there's nothing to suggest Ipswich Town shouldn't finish in a top six position out of all those clubs in that league. Nothing. 
there's some good clubs in that league. There's lots of good teams. It's going to be beating the teams that you probably don't think are going to finish in the top six, like Accrington Stanley. With all due respect, you don't expect them to end up fourth in the table. You've got to go there and win games. And that's what Ipswich haven't been doing. So, um, yeah, as much as well, we talked a lot about the start. Um, we won't be too going through every, as you say, Stu. Um, but I quite, I must be honest, I'm not, I thought the finish doesn't, the finish of the season, go to the end of the season. If Ipswich are right up there, come the end, you look at those fixtures near the end of the season. Am I allowed to read one or two out, Stu? Sorry, yes? I was on mute. That is a yes. Please, please. <laughs> I just, well, thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, so here we are. So you're on mute. See, I don't go on mute, you see. So you can hear my phone ring. You can hear my sons running through to, to go wash their cars. But that's why, because then that's why I, don't, I get confused. Anyway, the last few games, if I look at the last four or five games of the season, Charlton at home, Port Vale at home, Peter away, Exeter at home, Fleetwood away. Okay, I don't think Peter away is that easy. I don't, they're not all easy, but again, I think the finish could be tougher. And if if Ipswich are in around there near the end, it's going to be an exciting, exciting finale. Ipswich have got a great chance. Yeah, well, Kieran McKenna's comment this morning as he went through them was uh, Fleetwood away on the final day. Hopefully, we can all have a big party yeah. on the beach yeah, up in, exactly. Lan- in Lancashire. So. Um, Something something to dream of. I mean, how many times have we sat here on this day before and gone decent start on paper or yeah. if they can be in the mix come the end? I think we've done that before. And I think the, the run-in under when Paul Cook eventually took charge, I think that, from memory, serves me correctly, looked uh, all kind on paper. And then Ipswich were going to Northampton and getting spanked 3-0 and, and all sorts of bad results happening. So a lot can happen throughout the course of the season, can't it? Um but it's still fun to look through them all. And I'm sure everybody individually at home is, is looking at oh, what clashes with this wedding and this holiday and what games can I make it to and, and stuff like that. One thing that is very interesting to talk about this year is the fact that we have a World Cup going to be taking place in the middle of a football season. Um, Premier League and Championship goes on on pause for varying lengths. League One carries on as usual. And uh, there is a potential for England to be playing at the very same time as Ipswich Town if they get into the uh, the last 16. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. I think it's the Fleetwood home game in November. I would imagine that if that happens, League One as a whole will probably say, should we just move the fixtures forward to Friday or change the kickoff time to, to later in the day or, or move them to Sunday? They've got to do something, haven't they, to, uh, to avoid that happening? I just want to um, correct you, Stu. Sorry to do this. Um, it's December, third of December, but you got December, the December. Sorry, right. yeah, just just in case listeners out there go, Stu, it's not November, it's December. Um, but yes, yeah, good good shout though, Stu. I know. Um, oh, the Wales England game. That's going to be a big game in the, <coughs> the group stage. I'm sure they were never going to have a fixture for that. But um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I'm sure they'll move it because a lot of people will want to watch the England game. Definitely the last sixteen. But some some fans are probably like, no, I'm I'm all, all about town. Don't go about international football. It's all about town. That's the World Cup. It's all about football. Um, but yes, it's, it's going to be an interesting period because, as you said, Championship Premier League are paused while we carry on like troopers, you know, going to different places and all that sort of stuff while football's been playing Qatar, which is just mad. I wonder what it's going to do to the crowds around that period because on the flip side, Ipswich might actually pick up a few more people who, who normally go to, to Premier League clubs, West Ham or, or whoever, might think, Especially if something really feel feel good factor and some positivity in it, which are just creating a bit of a 
noise around them at the time, which we hope they are, they might pick up one or two who want their their football fix. If uh, if no one else is playing around them, you never know. Did you did you not watch the Nations League games with England? I mean, I like the I like the I like the enthusiasm and, and commitment will be in the last sixteen. But I mean, quite frankly, if they play like they did a. Uh, in the Nations League, we won't even worry about the last sixteen. But I mean, I'm, I, I think you're right, Stu. There'll be there'll be a lot of people enjoy people enjoy live football. You know, sitting watching on telly, no good. You need to watch it live. So if these, yeah, there'll be a lot. There'll be a lot of people. A lot of West Ham fans will think, "Where's our football? Where are we going to go?" You know, you're absolutely right. Good show. And also, can I just point out one last thing um, on the fixture list before we get um, onto other subjects, Stu? But Sunday, March nineteenth, is the Papa John's Trophy final, and I think we should all make a note of that in our books, please. So I think this could be the year of the pizza, the year of the Ipswich Town, Papa John's trophy extravaganza. Well, Andy Warren, will that will be music to his ears when he's back from uh, his, his well-earned break this week. We know he is all in. He is Mr. Papa John's for us, isn't he? Talking about the World Cup, there is actually a chance that I think... Uh, a Papa John's, if Ipswich get through to the latter rounds of the Papa John's, that could clash with a World Cup semi-final. Now, well, there's Andy, only one. There's only say one to Andy to... Warren, well, I know he's put his name down for Qatar, but if you tell him, look, <laughs> Papa John's semi-final, I think he might be giving that up. Stu, you go to the World Cup. I've got, <laughs> I've got to be there for the pizza trophy. We'll have those discussions when he gets back. Um yeah, it's it, it's a nice day, isn't it? Because we we, it, we live our lives by these fixtures. I think there's eight thousand plus miles to travel. Uh, always loads of teams in the northwest, loads of teams in the southwest this season as well for Ipswich. Um, but there's just a real feel good factor around the place at the moment. Um, I mentioned the, the little breakfast they did this morning with the, with the, with a few dozen or so fans in attendance, which. It's just night and day compared to to the old regime at Ipswich Town under Mark Seven. The level of communication and openness from the very top down is is so refreshing to see. Um, Mark Steed was there today, the chief investment officer of the the pension fund in Arizona. The money that underpins all of this. He with the fantastic uh, twirly moustache and, and facial hair uh, that people. Uh, will have seen sort of interacting on on social media over the the last year or so, and he stood up and and was really quite in, inspiring in the way that he talked about the cultures that need to underpin this football club, um, in terms of where the money's coming from. These firefighters and policemen who are who are losing their lives um, daily in the in the line of duty, and and ultimately, you know, family members going over to Mark and and saying. Thank you that the, the the pension pot is there, you know it's being passed on to to family members of, of people who've lost their lives and and that is a message as we know through running through adversity on the shirts that is really going to be hammered home to to the players and and I think um, I'm sure they've all heard a lot of motivational speeches from managers that come and go and after a while you maybe glaze over a little bit at some of those but this this message feels that little bit more powerful this time it's it's something that. On a, on a real basic human level that, that people can relate to. And, and hopefully when we get to those hard winter months and we got those tricky trips to Accrington and, and the like, um, it's going to give Ipswich that little bit of extra grit and resilience to, to, to come through. Yeah, you're right. And also, I mean, that's really interesting that, you know, talking about the pension funds and stuff. And that's that is the reality of where Ipswich Town are. That's where a lot of this money is coming from. And it is, it is very, I mean, the players particularly, you know, that, 
they make the biggest difference. They run on that pitch. Kieran McKenna can only do so much beforehand. Once they're on that pitch, the effort, the, the, the closing down, the determination to give absolutely everything, you're not going to win every single game. But just as you say, that running through adversity uh, theme is absolutely absolutely spot on. And um, that's, you can't hammer that home enough, really. I'm glad to hear that was mentioned again today, Stu, which, which carrying on from the, um, from the breakfast, you haven't actually told us what you had. What you had? Did you did you have something? Yeah. What did you have? Full English? Well, or did you... no, there were bacon rolls on offer, but you'll be. Mm. Oh, it was all work, my friend. I had no time oh. for that. I was scrawled away in the corner, tap, tapping away those fixtures, uh, making sure that they were they were live on our websites at, at the nine a.m. embargo. So, uh, correct answer. Correct my, answer. My body is my temple. No, <laughs> no bacon was was consumed. Um, Couple of news lines that I may as well bring you. We'll get this on our websites over over the coming days. But Mark Ashton uh, was talking about the new kit, and he said, "I think last year was record shirt sales for Ipswich Town with the the Ed Sheeran sponsorship would have would have played a big part in that, and they've already more than doubled their shirt sales this time around. So they Excellent. are selling as we predicted, like hotcakes, and season tickets are now already close to sixteen thousand season tickets." sold for Portman Road. So, yeah, it's, it just in, envisioning that opening day against Bolton, that's gonna, that gets the back of the, the hairs on the back of the neck standing up a little bit, doesn't it? It's going to be, uh, for, for years, just had this horrible feeling of apathy and you looked at some of those Tuesday night attendances that were low and were lower than the official number because season ticket holders weren't even showing up. That was clear. Um those numbers just speak louder than anything else, don't they? That people are liking what they see and hear, and people are enthused about their football club again. We're massive, aren't we, boys? Mitchell Town is just a massive football club, and we've always had a good supporters base. But those numbers are just impressive. And every time I speak to someone about Mitchell Town, they're just excited for the season. You know, I know it's League One for the fourth season stuff, but the kit looks lovely. Season ticket older, um, season tickets are getting sold like hotcakes as well. Um, it's just exciting, you know. The last few years, as you said, it's been up and down, but this just feels different. You know, upcoming really good manager in Kieran McKenna, making some good signings, got that core ready. Pre-season's going to go hopefully well. And then first game of the season against Bolton, that is going to be amazing attendance. You, know, you never know, that could be a full house. Hopefully so. I mean, yes. yeah, you're right. You are, you are right. You're right, Stu. I mean, there's, 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 some, there's some good figures there. Um, but you also also chucked in the fact that you can remember not too long ago where season goals weren't turning up, you know, even though they bought a season ticket. I don't think it's going to happen this year. But what I'm saying is there's a, there is a real good, there's a, there's a good momentum building at Portman Road right now. This has been building up for, well, since, since, since the new owners, basically, let's be honest. So we're in our second year of it. Um, and let's just hope, look, Last year, we never really threatened, did we? I mean, that was probably what I... Last season was so... Because we never threatened anything, really. We we spent most of our time saying, you know, we're only five points off the playoffs, 10 points off the playoffs, six points off the playoffs, four points, eight points, 12. And uh, we never got any... We never we never mentioned the fact we're in the playoffs or we're heading towards the top two. That's... It's, it's going to be on the pitch, boys. You know, the players have it all in their own hands. There's so much going off. As Stu, as you said today, an excellent breakfast briefing for the media and other and, and other people. Um, that's what it's all about. The players now, it's, it's up to them. They're, they've got all the backing in the world behind them. Yeah, well, one of the themes that, that came up this morning with Simon Milton was, was comparing. He said, how do we manage expectation now? Bookies have Ipswich Town as favourites. Um, how do we manage expectation? And, and Kieran McKenna was very quick to say, 
well, first of all, I want to embrace this optimism and positivity. I don't want to stand here and try and dampen that at all. We have to try and ride that wave. But Mark Ashton said that there will be moments that are tough, as there always is in a football season. And it's important that kind of people stick with us and, and trust the process and and believe in the style of play that, that Kieran McKenna is not going to waver from this possession brand of football, this playing in the opposition's half. And, and they believe that, that that is going to basically have a higher ceiling for success, not only to take Ipswich into the championship, hopefully sooner rather than later, but gives them a fighting chance of, of progressing from there as well. And the ambitions at this football club are, are much more than just getting back to the championship and going from there. They want to keep progressing. So I'm sure there will be a little bump in the road moment for Ipswich Town, whether that is in the opening month, whether that comes in that September period, all those fixtures that we discussed. The problem in the past has been when that first bump has come, the wheels of one wheel's fallen off and another wheel's fallen off and it's and then all of a sudden Ipswich have been chasing their tails for the rest of the season. That can't happen this time. When that first bump comes, these players have got to show a bit more resilience to to bounce back a little bit quicker. So we'll see if that's the case this time. We have to keep reminding ourselves they've finished outside of the playoffs three years in a row. Um, I think it's important to kind of keep that in our minds that this, this team did just finish 11th recently. But um, if you can't dream at this stage of the season, why not? That's what it's all about the summer. So, Ross, you mentioned the signings there. Let's let's have a discussion about those. Ipswich have managed to get four players in the door come the opening week of pre-season. It's pretty good going, isn't it? Very good going. As I said, you know, Sam Morsey, Chris Walton, that was deadline day, those two players. They're now key core of the team. So now we've got four in the building. Um all ready to go in pre-season, doing all their tests. Um, it's exciting. Um, I'll let you take away, to who we've signed. I know everyone knows already, but I'll let you take it away. Yeah, just just to recap, on Monday, we had the news that uh, Greg Lee, formerly of Morecambe, left-sided player, had signed a two-year deal for Ipswich Town, a free agent. And then last night, um, Wednesday night, just remembering my days, Tyrese John Jules, versatile front man on a season-long loan from Arsenal. He's had a various loan spells over the last few years, mostly in League One. Um, people might remember him from Lincoln, Doncaster. Um, probably won't remember him from Sheffield Wednesday last season because he only played one game before getting injured. That one game was against Ipswich. Um, and he's been in the Championship with Blackpool as well. So let me just get your raw response when you saw both those players revealed. What was your, what was your instant reaction to those two? Be honest. I will, I will admit I did say who. After, you know, I had to, you had to do standard Google, find a Wikipedia page where they've been. Um, maybe I should know about Greg Lee because he's played for Morecambe, played against us twice last season, um, but. I know a lot of town fans are a bit underwhelmed, but every time I read about Greg Lee and I've watched the, the standard showreel of uh, Tyrese John Jules and he looks like a complete striker. Um, but alone and then Greg Lee, left side of player that we need. It looks, you know, got a good build. Yeah. Mike? Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know who these players are particularly when they're being signed. However, this we're in League One for goodness' sake. We're not in the Premiership, so we're not going to be signing Lionel Messi and Ronaldo. So let's let's just let's just let's just forget about names, okay? They're signing players who they think have the potential to get this team out of the 
out of League One into the Championship, and then we'll and then we'll take a step from there as well. Um, yeah, there's a. Um, and obviously, Dominic Ball has already been uh, is in the is in and Freddie Ladabo, Freddie Ladabo, Ladabo is that right? Yes, Ladabo. No, not said that right. We'll, we'll go with Ross. a P instead of a B towards the end. Ladabo. Okay. Anyway, but big strong players I've noticed. Big strong players, athletic players. They look. We need a bit of physicality um, as well as talent. And these and it looks like we're we're, we're getting some some physicality in the, in the squad. That's that's how I that's how I'm viewing these good athletic strong players. Um, obviously, good players at this level. Um, look, you, Kieran McKenna has got to be trusted on this, and and you, we we can't keep dancing around. You know, why aren't we signing so and so from Bournemouth, or why aren't we signing so and so from whoever? You know, we're going to sign who we're going to sign, um, and they're going to be from and on a, a season on loan from Arsenal is not bad for a young player, by the way. He's probably quite a talent. This young like striker, so. Um, yeah, let's look forward to them. You know, I'm glad we're not signing 10, 10 12 players again. I mean, I, I hope we only sign one or two more, to be perfectly honest, because we've got a talented squad. You know, we've got Carl Edwards coming back. We've got Lee Evans coming back. Don't know what's happened with Salini yet, but that'd be nice. And, you know, if, you know, there's plenty of talent in this in this squad with these additions. You, you want to go into pre-season ready, pretty well ready, not as last season. You saw, we all saw what a mess up it was last season, not because we didn't have the talent, but because we we're all over the place, you know, with so many players come in. This um, is the difference for me. It felt like last summer, having chucked everybody away, Paul Cook backed himself into a corner where mm. they had to make signings pretty erratically. It was a bit like just sort of, it felt, and I don't know if this is hindsight talking, they were just grabbing at whatever was available at any given point. And the, not sort of signing them with a with a plan in mind. It was just he's available, sign him. You know, it was maybe a little bit kid kid in a sweet shop with a with a with a bit of extra pocket money because you know the the American money had come in and it was. And then all of a sudden, opening day of the season, Scott Fraser, the, the division's best number ten from the previous season, is playing on the left because you you know you'd signed him. Oh, and then suddenly Chaplin's available, and Selena's available, and well, we grabbed a Luco as well, and you had loads of sort of similar players and. What feels very different now with Kieran McKenna is that from very early on, he's had a very clear brief of the type of attributes that he wants. Mm. And we talked about where Ipswich have fallen short in League One. It has been perhaps those physical moments against the games against, I'd say, Atkinson and Rotherham, where I talked about them being out fought and bullied and maybe looking a little bit one-paced at times in the games against in the games where they've had all the possession against the, the lesser sides that have come to park bus beyond Wes Burns, if he wasn't firing, you know, a bit more pace to kind of break things down. So McKenna has gone for, I think he said very early on, young, hungry, technical, athletic players. And everyone he's brought in so far, I think, has, has got elements of, of that. So um, does it really matter where they come from? For those that are underwhelmed, Wes Burns came from a Fleetwood side that had finished in, in the bottom half of the, the table last year of a very similar age to, to Greg Lee. I think Wes Burns was 26. He was playing right back for Fleetwood. And then look at him. Suddenly, all of a sudden, he's a flying right wing back, top goal scorer, capped by Wales. So I think we have to kind of trust McKenna and, and co to kind of know, know what they want, don't we? Yeah, the thing is also, Stu, you're right, but it's up to the players to grab this opportunity, isn't it? You know, they've been given an opportunity to join a very big club in League One, and you're absolutely spot on. When you know, Wes Burns has grabbed it, he's absolutely said, I'm, "Oh, this is I'm going to play for this club, and I'm going to give it everything." You know, this is going to I'm going to make myself 
into anything the best I can. And if all the town players in that squad have the same attitude and do the same thing, town are going to finish top six. They could well finish top two because the talent in that squad is not in doubt. It's not in doubt. It's all going to be about a lot to do with attitude. Wes Burns is spot on. That's exactly what he's done. He's come, as you say, Stu, from Fleetwood, just playing, you know, and he's come to Ipswich, grabbed it. He's then playing for Wales in, the, in you know, in World Cup qualifiers, so, or wherever he's playing. So, yeah, I'm okay with it all. There's some car- comparisons with Greg Lee and, and Wes Burns. I'm not for one minute saying that he's going to suddenly have the, the rise that Wes Burns had last season because that was incredible and that doesn't happen very often. But Greg Lee's been a kind of a, a left, a, a bona fide left back throughout his career. He's, um, you know, started off with with big ambitions, maybe seen things not drift, but maybe not go on the upward curve that he thought thought it would. Injuries up at Aberdeen. He had to sign for Morecambe last year. People are saying, oh, it's underwhelming that we've signed someone released by Morecambe. I think there's probably a little bit more to that. The only reason Morecambe got him last year is because of the injuries. There's a, he signed a one-year deal probably to think, hopefully if I do quite well, then I can get back to the level that I want to. And, and Yes, he was released, but I, I would imagine that the conversations was him quite early on saying, I'm, I'm looking for another challenge and OK, right, we we won't bother then on the contract talk. So I'm not reading too much into that, but he, he's a he's a left back, but has got these kind of forward attributes. He's, he's very powerful, very direct. I think he's very good in the air from if you listen to, to him and, and Morecambe fans, which I think is, again, something of Ipswich have looked a little bit undersized at, at times. So he ticks a lot of boxes there. Whether he's going to be the starting left wing back, I, I don't know. It's him and Matt Penny battling it out at the moment. From what I understand, there might be another addition on that left wing back. And maybe Greg Lee will be this kind of versatile option to cover some different positions. I don't know. But um, personality-wise, he looks like he uh, he looks like he's got it, doesn't he? He's... Um, that's what I like. That's what I like about all these signings. Clearly, they need to be the right people off the pitch, and you need to be built a certain way to to represent Ipswich Town and the weight of that badge in, in League One. And he looks like he's got it between the ears. He does. Like um, Stu, you you followed um that you sent me over that interview he did with um with a what with a guy talking about his career as a whole, and just it was more in depth about you know nutrition and everything really it wasn't just about his career it was just everything and I just I just enjoyed just him as a character as him just talking and I hate to say this already and I don't want to jinx it but he could become my next boy Stu um as you know I've got that trend I have boys and um every every time I read about him every time I watch interview with him I just I just like him um and I've watched a few of his highlights as you say looks looks physical um can go forward that's what you want for a left wing back, but um, he's grown on me every time I read about him. I'm like, I'm liking this signing. Um, free transfer can't go wrong. Um, and as you said, yeah, been released by Morecambe, but don't read into that too much because he's just come back from his spell in Aberdeen, went to Holland as well, um, started at Man City. So he's you know, once again, Patrick Guerrero, he was coached by him. Usain Bolt got um, a little shout out as well, didn't he, Stu? Because um, was it his uncle or something like that? Was his doctor or something? That's right, yeah. Um, Warren Blake, his name is. Greg Lee's uncle is the orthopaedic surgeon, very well known in Jamaica to Usain Bolt. Um, Bolt had various sort of injuries and, and back issues and, and things to deal with throughout his career. So, yeah, a little link to Usain Bolt. A Jamaican international, of course. Um, played in quite a few of their World Cup qualifiers. So another another Ipswich 
Town International. Um, so that's Greg Lee. And then we've got Tyrese John-Jules. And you mentioned Greg Lee came through at Manchester City. Tyrese John-Jules has also been schooled by a, a Premier League club in, in Arsenal. He's a bit earlier in his career at 21, had those loan spells I mentioned. But that, that's a theme here with Kieran McKenna, I think. He's signing players that have, both of them are former England youth internationals. Both of them have, have, have been trained to play a certain way. We know Premier League clubs are a lot more technical. Um so hopefully they'll both be sort of players that can can handle the football and uh, and play that sort of possession brand of football that Kieran McKenna wants. I mean, another great opportunity, isn't it? It's a great opportunity for Therese. I mean, you know, being on loan at Arsenal, I mean, he's, you know, you've got players at Arsenal younger than him in the first team. And uh, he's, he's away, he's obviously way away from that. So this is his chance. This is his chance. You come to Ipswich Town and have a cracking season and, and put yourself out there. Um, good signing. I mean, Kieran McKenna, he's going to, he's, you know, Tyrese is going to love playing under Kieran McKenna, but Kieran McKenna's going to be good for him. Um, and who knows? I've seen a couple of clips where he seemed to have dribbled around half the team and nearly scored a goal. So, I mean, or did score, whatever he did. So, he's obviously a talent. Of course, he's a talent. You don't get to 21-year-olds and still at Arsenal if you're not a talent. Um, again, the physicality side, we'll have to see. He seems quite, I, I don't know how tall he is. I'm not going to pretend now, tall, big, whatever he is. Six foot. Right, six foot. Well, he's taller than me then, which is not 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 hard. Anyway, so but no, that's a great opportunity for him. He should look to grab it with both hands. He's obviously going to be quite quick and and, and strong, you know, quick and if he's strong as well, if he gets that good strength. Who knows? I mean, you know, you just don't know. People come on season long loans, and it's the best thing they ever did. You know, just ask Conor, Conor Gallagher. Yeah, well, the football league is littered with them. If you just look at the the England team, how many of them have yep. kind of learnt earned their stripes down in, in the lower leagues? And you're right, at 21, Tyrus John Jules is probably getting on a bit in terms of sort of his <laughs> Arsenal chances. Yeah. You know, joking aside, you look at the teenagers getting into teams and stuff now. He's probably starting to think maybe that that ship is starting to sail for yeah. me now. And and the idea of this is to go and find myself a new home and prove that I can be a a good championship player and see where my take my career. From there, so we often talk about young, hungry players. I don't think you have to be young to be hungry. I think you can have some young, complacent players. You can have older, hungry players. And Greg Lee is is twenty seven, but is clearly reading about his career and his personality. Someone who feels he's got a real point to prove. Um, so there, there's hunger, I think, in in all of these signings. Another theme running through them as well as hunger, as well as athleticism, is versatility. We talked about Don Ball can play midfield. He could play centre-half if need be. Greg Lee's played in, in various different positions. I think he did a bit of right-back for Morecambe at, at stages last year. Let's talk about him. You know, he's played in a back three, I think, at, at times. And Tyrese John-Jules sounds like someone who can play anywhere across that front line. Uh, central striker, wide left, wide right, maybe a little bit deeper as well. So... Um, maybe Ipswich will carry a slightly smaller squad, but with a few players that can can play different positions. Is is that something you like? Oh, I like versatile players too. I like my players who can play a different position. I don't want just someone going, that's my position, that's where I'm playing. With um, Tyrese John-George, you're definitely for the attacking positions. Um, you know, if there is sadly injuries or we just want to switch up a little bit, maybe confuse the... The opposition, you know, maybe have Tyrese on the right at first, then move him on the left or put him up front. I think that's good to see. And I'm going to bring you a fun fact, boys. Bring you a fun fact here about Tyrese John Jules. Um, do you um do you know the series Red Dwarf? Yes. Yes. Tyrese's uncle is Danny John Jules, who um played Cat 
in the um oh, wow. sort of comedy series. Oh. So fun fact, boys. Fantastic. That's 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 fantastic. For a good good one, Ross. Good one. Like that a lot. As you that's said. A, that's a great going, fact. Going back to a bit of versatility, I mean one trick ponies are not really the thing now in professional football. You have really have got to be able to play a few positions and it's good to hear. And um yeah, it's good to hear these guys can play all different positions. That's what it's that's what it's gonna be about. It's a squad game. The squad game now we've got about 150 subs next year, aren't we? How many subs you allowed on? 14 or something. I mean, by time, by time, remember when I started watching football, you had one sub, you had one substitute, the number 12. Now, by the time we get to another 20 years, we'll literally have 15, maybe 40 substitutes. Who knows? But certainly it, it's a squad game. You need to be able to play anywhere. And uh um, Kenneth Sutton. It's five subs thing, silly, isn't it? Why do we need to bring no. four? Why do why do five subs need to come on? It's just gonna add to to time wasting that's the fear yeah. isn't it and uh Stu, that is the people... thing that's what gets me more than anything people talk i mean apart from the fact play i don't think players like it not for one second because more likely they're going to get substituted now than they ever were players don't do you think players like being substituted that's rubbish to ever suggest they do they want to play all the time they hate being substituted but it's going to be more and more of that and as you say Stu, just stopping the game stopping the game 15 minutes to go you're one nil up oh that's about another sub and then it's five minutes time. Another, I mean, can you make three in one go or something? I don't know, but you'll just make sure you can. You'll just stop the game for more for more substitutions. Mm. Well, there, there will be those games because we've seen enough of them in in recent years where teams have parked the bus, tried to frustrate, two banks of four can't break them down. What I like about this forward unit that Kieran McKenna is creating is there's some there's some pace and there's some dynamism. Yeah in there, people that can beat a man, break the lines, do something. I just wonder, we saw a lot of the sort of double number 10s with Aluko, Selena, Chaplin, all kind of buzzing about in pockets of space and sometimes tripping over each other's feet and all the game was in front of them and it got a bit frustrating. I wonder if we might move towards more of a front three. And, you know, almost this is kind of a Manchester United light version of a kind of a Hmm. Rashford, Sancho... Um, whoever else they have as a very pacey, dynamic front three. I think I wonder if he's looking for kind of a League One version of that. You might have Caden Jackson and John Jules running the channels with with Freddie Ladapo through through the middle, um, something like that. And and you know that there might be some more recruits to come at the top end of the pitch. I'm, in fact, I'm sure there is. Um, but the type of attack that Kieran McKenna's building there is it looks to be one that. Got a bit more variety to it, maybe. Yeah, I think. I mean, last it, it it just didn't quite work, did it? All this number ten position just didn't quite work for Ipswich last season. We had we had different number tens, although people playing just behind up behind the straight. It just didn't didn't feel like it worked. It did at times, but overall, it didn't. You're right, Stu. That could be a really good option. But just just have your midfielders who sit a little bit more, breaking when one of them breaks quite nicely or whatever. To and. And have and have three people bombing at the up front, and have you have 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 midfielders sitting a little bit more. Like I say, with perhaps one midfielder bombing on, but you don't need you, you know, that. That's that's probably good. That's a very good shout. That's you. You're right. It it did at times. Is is the is exactly it. And there are times it worked lovely, and it switched past teams to death. And when it clicked, it worked brilliantly. And I'm not saying they'll go away from that. They've still got Chaplin and Aluko on the yeah. books. Remain Cameron Humphreys might play in that sort of more advanced midfield role at times, and I'm sure that is a system they will start with and play a lot. But now they've got some different 
weapons in the in the armory as in, you know on those days where things are getting frustrated they can go to a bit more pace and they can go for they have a counter threat against some of the bigger teams away from home and Kieran McKenna mm. has very quickly realized where the deficiencies were in this team i think pace and those and and finding a way to win in those sort of games is one i think set pieces was clearly a, a glaring er- area that they needed to improve on i don't know if if a set piece taker is still to come. I think Greg Lee took took set pieces for Morecambe last year, although he's good in the air, so you might want him in the box. We'll see. Maybe they'll work on on others improving their delivery. I don't know, but I think Ipswich have got a bit more size about them now to for both boxes. So all the little things and and the left sided balance as well. We hope that Greg Lee or a another can kind of solve that left sided balance. But there was some pretty obvious areas for Ipswich to improve on, even even for us sort of laymen what, watching on. And um, I think McKenna's addressing those with some of the, these early signings. Um, Mike, you mentioned earlier you, you hope that there's not too many more, one one or two, I think you said more. Wait, wait, how many more signings do you think there is to come for Ipswich Town now, looking at the squad? Well, I don't know how many. Obviously, I don't know how many. I, w- I would just hasten to say I, just, I would only like – I'd like two more. I'd like two more in the door. I'd like a striker, another striker, and another defender. Another maybe another centre half. Well, certainly, well, just any a defender. We're talking versatility here, aren't we? So we're not talking about specific positions. I like another striker, and I like another defender. I think we've got plenty of midfielders, and and that and that that's it. I, 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 you've got to get on with the squad. You've got you've got to start getting some shape, and players have got to know each other uh, as if we haven't had the, the you know the, the best example of throwing 15 players together on a you know all in one go we had it last season we don't want it again this and to be fair I don't think McKenna does to be honest I think he's looked at his squad and thinking my goodness enough talent in this squad they need coaching that's what they need they need coaching they need systems and they need being told what the what what is required that is as simple as there's enough talent they haven't got to look around and think oh we ain't got any good players here they've got loads of good players um and they're signing some decent players so a couple more Stu I'd be happy with that Ross yeah, I'm the same. I think maybe one or two more. Uh, at the end of the day, too, I think we're going to have an absolute fit squad. That They're going to have a fantastic pre-season. They're going to go up to Loughborough next week um, and they're going to be fit as a fiddle. And um, yeah, Sam Morsey and co. And Sam Morsey, I saw him do a tweet and say good signing or big signing when we signed um, Tyrese John Jewell. So he's excited about that. But um, I feel we've just got even just the backroom staff, just everything around the club at the moment. It just looks like everything is getting done professionally. Um, we're bringing in some great characters, as I said before. Um, it's just exciting on and off the pitch. So um, we've got a fit team, one or two more additions just to... Maybe, I think we need that one more marquee, don't we? That one marquee something to excite the fans extra more and the, the one that will sell the, the shirts uh, more, mm-hmm. of course, because shirts are selling themselves. But that one marquee sign, possibly. I feel like uh, I can understand why people are saying that about a marquee signing and someone that really sets the pulses racing. But I feel like... Freddie Ladapo's been given a bit of a, a rough ride here. Almost people are sort of underplaying his record. This is a man who scored goals in League One three seasons in a row. He's had a little bit of championship in between there with, with Rotherham, but he, there was so much excitement surrounding James Norwood that felt like a marquee signing for Ipswich Town in League One. All his goals had come in League Two and, and the Conference, and yet there isn't that same sort of hype about Freddie Ladapo for some reason, who scored lots of goals in a team that got automatically promoted last season in, in Rotherham. So 
Um, we may be we may be sleeping a little bit on on Freddie Ladapo. He might be the talisman. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I still think, Stu, that a lot of the thing with Ladapo, I agree with you. I think it's a good start. I think when you go, oh, my old friend Joe Piggott, if you go back to Joe Piggott, you know, I think last season that, that was such an exciting sign. This guy scored all these goals in the journey. And, you know, and he's done all this. And he's had a rubbish team. He scored 20 odd game goals. And we're all like, so that didn't quite. So I think with Ladapo, I think someone needs to do it. Someone needs to actually to do it. Macaulay Bond did for the first half of the season. That was a massive surprise and fantastic excitement. But then he just completely faded. We need somebody to do it from the get go, and and just throughout the season they become your top man. You know every you know every single time McKenna picks a team, that guy is your number is your is your first choice striker. Mm. Last season it started off. We start off with Piggott. We end up with Bond. We end up with Bond for quite some time. Well, and then there was no, on. there was no hype around Macaulay Bond. Certainly no. when he first signed, before people kind of were aware of how big an Ipswich Town fan he was. But you know, we sat here and like everyone else, Joe Piggott, who's going to be top goal scorer? Joe Piggott. It was all yeah. about Piggott, not Bond. And I wonder if we might have a similar thing with Ladapo. It might be a good thing. It might give yeah. him a bit of. Hang on a minute. Everyone's talking about we still need another striker. We still need a marquee <laughs> signing. That might just fire him him up a bit. And he's good. He's in the building. And he's got an opportunity in these pre-season games to go and bang a few goals in and, and change people's minds on that a, a little bit. Um, going back to, to what they need, possibly a goalkeeper if, if Hladke leaves. They've obviously been linked to, um, help me out, Ross, Sam Williams? Sam Walker. Williams. Sam Walker. Sorry, I've gone blank there. Sam Walker, a big, big Ipswich Town fan. I remember... Uh, my former colleague Dave Gooderham interviewing him after Northampton had come to Ipswich and won in the uh, Carabao Cup. When was that? Back in 2011, more than 10 years ago. Wow. And finding out that he was a massive Ipswich Town fan who'd been a season ticket holder with his dad growing up. And even though he'd just played for Northampton that night, was still referring to Ipswich Town as we in his interviews afterwards. So, um yeah, I, I would imagine Halaki will be will be wanting to to go and play first team football, and if he does, it's sign another senior goalkeeper, whether it's Walker or or someone else. We'll see. Um, I know you mentioned a centre back, Mike. I'm not convinced they need another centre back now. You've got that what you would imagine would be the first choice three of of Danassian, Wolfenden, and Edmondson when he's fit again, and you've got Burgess and Darber coming back from his loan spell. With Salford and Greg Lee, who can and Lee slash Ball, who can both play back three if you want, that's more than enough options for a back three there. And I've not even included Elkan Baggett in there, who I think will will probably go out on loan. So I think you can end up with too many if you're not careful there. So I'm I'm quite comfortable with, with centre back. Left side, we'll see is Lee and Penny enough. I think there'll be a few positions that will be dependent on departures now. If they sign another left sider, maybe Matt Penny will go on his way. They sign another striker. I would imagine Joe Piggott will will probably move on this summer. Uh, have they got enough backup to Wes Burns, who who could be away with with Wales from from time to time, possibly even going to a World Cup? They've got Kane Vincent Young. I think they were looking working on Kyle Edwards to play on that that right side before he got injured. So probably then that leads you on to central midfield. You got what have we got now? Morsi, Evans, Ball. I would say the three main competitors for that that deep position. Then you've got people like Humphreys, El Mazzuni on the fringes. If, if they got another one in there, possibly. Harper, Harper, Harper of course, coming back as well. Um, 
just as well we've got just as well five subs can come on at this rate we've got about 14 on the bench exactly it's well stocked and then it's just that number 10 position which we talked about maybe it's not all going to be built around those number 10s yeah. now we've still got Chaplin Aluko Humphreys who I've mentioned you know that I know there's a big clamor for people to see Burst and Selena come back but maybe they're maybe they're moving a little bit away from that style of play we'll we'll see um we'll see so yeah you're probably you're probably right I think maybe more than maybe Maybe more like two or three, three or four at a push, depending on on departures. I want to just quickly jump in before we move on to our next section. Still, um, talking about the marquee signings, I think maybe some fans are thinking, "Oh, they're all free transfers." So, of course, now we've got new owners, we've got all this money. Why aren't we spending them millions and millions? But sometimes, Don Ball, free transfer from the Championship, um, Freddie Ladapo, as you said, free transfer as well. All these have been, you know, good free transfer signings. Um, you don't always need to spend millions on players because Sometimes you can sign some good free agents. So, uh, um, so town fans, don't be too disappointed that we haven't spent millions yet because we're going to do that in the championship, aren't we? We're going to spend millions in the championship to then get promoted to the Premier League. There we go. Yeah, well, I think, I think, I think free. I think the thing is with free transfers. Look, football's about coaching. Football isn't just about buying people and and then saying then just because otherwise that's as easy, isn't it? Just go and spend twelve million on league players in league and just put them on the pitch and we'll get promoted. It's about coaching, you know. And yes, you some of course people spend money, but coaches. Kieran McKenna is a top coach. I think that's what's going to come out of all this, and his style of coaching is what's going to get the best mm. out of this these players. You don't have to spend a lot of money; just coach them, coach them properly, and get give them ideas and don't make them scared to do things like all this playing from the back. Let them play with freedom. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes. We're going to have cock-ups. All sorts of things that go wrong at times. But overall, give them that confidence. And I think that's what McKenna is doing. I get a little bit frustrated with this. I guess Sky Sports has kind of created this culture around transfers and the excitement of transfer season. You look at the turnover of players year after year at football clubs. It's outrageous because people want new shiny things all the time. And if this isn't working, chuck it in the bin, start again. And there has to come a point in any business where you work on the people that you've got and, and unlock things in them that you're not seeing. And, and that's what I really like about Kieran McKenna, as you say, he's going to improve players. And it's not just about coaching, it's about alchemy as well. It's about making a team that is, you know, better than the sum of its parts. And and I think that that's, that's what McKenna's going to do here, hopefully. I think he's signing players specifically for reasons and he's going to put them all together not only is he going to make them better individually but I think he's going to put them together as a team that's the feeling that we're getting at the moment that's what we've got to hope um I could go, I could go you know go go you know we, we, we've got a history of this Ipswich Town you know I know we go back to the go back to Bobby Robson signed about 13 players in 13 years or something you know because and every player he signed he signed for a reason. Everything was earmarked. There's special things. When Paul Mariner came, it was a special. There's a the two Dutchmen. These people were signed for a purpose of how he wanted to play the game, and he identified. You know, and that's what I'd like McKenna and like this club to get back to a bit more. Identifying what we need and getting the best out of players, not just signing players. Because I felt that last year, Fraser was a classic example. Scott Fraser. He came all pomp and show. He'd gone by was it Christmas? Wherever it was, I don't know. Absolutely absurd. How a player who was clearly a good, clearly a good player, and we've just signed him because he's available and probably offered him a very good deal compared to what he could get anywhere else. That's not. You, you need to coach people. You've got to have an mm. idea. I think. I think the good thing is we have a manager who, who who's got that thought process. This is going to be a long one, chaps. We're an hour in. 
but we haven't done one for a little while and I'm going to decree that we're going to kick on. We're going to carry on for a little bit longer. There's a few more things that we need to cover. Ross, I think you put out a little message today asking for some for some mailbag questions, yeah. thoughts from, from the KOA army. What, what have we got? Well, still, we're forgetting something, my friend. I know we're, we've got, we're going a decent hour now, but um, we've still got to do it, haven't we? You've still got to do it. So take it away, Stu. Oh, of course. Um, mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark Ross and Stu to dip into the mailbag. What about, what about me? <laughs> you said Mark. Oh, I said Mark, didn't I? I always do oh. that. Mark, Mike. The oh, I, won't answer, no, I won't answer any. That's all right. Don't worry. I'll sit here. I said, uh, unless you get to do it again, I won't answer. Sorry, any. mate. I did mean to okay. say Mike. Okay, mate. I'll remember <laughs> Oh dear! It's all right, lads. It's all right. That's right. We'll, we'll, we'll kick on. Um, now we've got a few fixtures questions, so we're going to go back to fixtures. Um, but then they're not nice, nice questions. Uh, we're going to start off with um, with James James Farthing, who's a part of the KOA fan social boss. He actually was on the Kings of Anglia fan social on Monday. So if you haven't listened to that, listen to that. Um, but he said, "What do you think is our most difficult run of games during the season?" Course, look back at your fixtures quickly, boys. Um, what stands out for me is the festive fixtures. Um, because we've got some tough games then. Um, Peterborough at home, Wickham away, Oxford at home, Portsmouth away. So it's gonna be a tricky festive period. What do you reckon, Mike? Uh, September and October, you've got Sheffield Wednesday away, followed by Plymouth away, followed by Portsmouth at home. There's nine points or no points for you, or three points. Or five, maybe five, perhaps, or maybe even six, or seven, and then a, and then a long trip to Morecambe off the back of all those games yeah. that you mentioned. Derby to come later in October. So yeah. I, I always feel like that kind of October November period is it sorts the men from the boys, really, doesn't it? Uh, it's, yeah. it's sacking season for a reason. That's when you start to see managers losing their jobs. That's when the the pressure ratchets up a knot. You know, we every year we sit here in the summer and we're all optimistic and we're excited about the new signings and then and then it all starts. And then it just <laughs> takes a result or two in October and November and everyone gets a little bit wobbly. And that's um yeah, I think you're right. I think that little period there is uh could be a could be quite an interesting one. It will be okay. Next question is from Maddie. Um good old Maddie. She says um she just wants to know what away days are we most and least looking forward to um as i said port vale on a tuesday night bristol rose on a tuesday night but then i, w- I haven't been to either of those games so i'm looking forward just th- them as, as as a day but Stu, mike what do you reckon well I'm, i won't be going to all the away games of course i might not be going to any i should be going to a few hopefully this season but i mean i'm on holiday in uh i'm on holiday in august so i miss shrewsbury town away which is i'm not too disappointed about if i was called up so um yeah, I mean, well, there's some long treks, isn't there? Some long treks south, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, Exeter and and Plymouth and Bristol Rose on a Tuesday night. Um, Forest Green, I think. Any yeah, new Forest ground Green. will be quite interesting, and to do to do that earlier in the in the season would be good. Um, least looking forward to. Oh, I don't need to be going back to Barnsley. I'm afraid it feels like you're going back in time a little bit. Sorry to any Barnsley fans that might hear this. <laughs> it's um, the the press box in particular is very very dilapidated. They're these old sort of wooden school desks that sort of flip forward, and uh, 
your laptop never feels very solid in it. It just takes one person to kind of move and, and your uh, your laptop gets catapulted about four rows forward. I think there's still bits of my old one scattered on, on the uh, the concrete steps of Oakwell from many years ago. Thinking back to that, was it the fight? Was it five three? The game that basically oh, yeah. sort of kept kept Jewel going for another season, where Ipswich were two 0 down at half time, and I think Sonko booted one against his own post, and Ipswich came back to to win with Keith Keith Andrews' early goal in the second half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still going to Hillsborough and going back to Derby and places like that are big games, aren't they? Portsmouth, I always enjoy going to. Great atmosphere down there. So some big old games in League One now. It's starting to feel more and more like a mini championship every year, isn't it? It is. Um, we're going to stick with away games. I've got a question from good old Bono, AK Matt, AK View from U2. Many names. This man, he's a, he's a top guy. Um, he says, in terms of away fixtures, is the first big day food day for you guys so which one is the first big like food day so mike this is a good question for you for food wise where do you reckon will be the perfect place to get some good food or maybe in a way the you know the the media room or just services well if you go to forest green is it is it forest green or vegan you've got vegan. yeah if you, yeah you see that's that's going to be the tricky one for me if i was going to forest green it would be uh I don't know what to, I'd have to stop on the service on the way and have a sausage roll. I mean, um, not a vegan sausage roll either. So I don't really know. It's uh, that sounds a bit, uh, that sounds tremendously difficult. Um, I'm obviously talking about a way. I mean, at home, I hope things are improve on the home front more, more importantly, quite frankly. Um, I have an update. Excellent. Mike, somebody who will remain unnamed within the football club has told me that your complaints about the, the food offering. I think you, you had a couple of rants, didn't you, about the lack of mash with the pie, <laughs> the accompaniments to the Portman Road pie at Portman Road have been heard hmm. at a very high level within the football club. We're talking we're talking boardroom level here. Gosh. Um, and they've been taken on board, and I'm told that things are going to improve this year. So I've got you to thank for that. I think uh, I think I'm going to be eating a little bit better on a Saturday afternoon. Thank thanks to your uh, thanks to your outburst. Well, I, I hope I hope this is the case. I hope this is the case. I mean, I do. I don't get me wrong. Everybody's very polite at Portman Road. Hospitality is always very good. But I just I'm not going to go down this road. I've said this enough times about one pie on one plate. We've said we've done it before. You don't have it anywhere else. And if there's a little accompaniment, that'll be that'll be an absolute treat. I would thoroughly enjoy that. What What are you hoping for? A bit of bit of mash, bit of veg. What? <laughs> A little bit of mash. <laughs> I would say baked beans, but I think we'll spill them. I'll spill it. If I have a white top on, I know I'll make a mess. A little bit, a little bit of mash would be lovely. I think I saw, I saw a little, a little mash with a little salt and pepper. I mean, it's a little salt and pepper. We never have any salt and pepper lying around, do we? Or do I miss it? No, no salt and pepper. See, we don't have any salt and pepper. So a little salt and pepper and a mash. They do, they do do you some. Nice. They do do you some condiments. To be fair, they'll do you some stokes. Ketchup slash brown sauce, which yeah, I, I, am, sauce. I am now yeah. converted to. Good mm. Suffolk brand that. Get yourself on the Stokes. If you want to sponsor us, Stokes, yes, please. Yes, Stokes. Um, we'll mention you all the time, Stokes. Won't we, Steve? We would. We would. And that has just reminded me as we as we continue in this epic chat to mention our sponsors, Manscaped. For all your below the belt grooming needs, is that is that what we say? Yeah. Um yeah, you know the drill by now. You know what Manscapes all about. They'll do you some some. Here we go. Look, Ross has put. We should probably have that up all the time, shouldn't we? Just covering my 
My bald bonds, Manscaped, get 20% off at Manscaped, plus free shipping with promo code KOA at manscaped.com. They're sticking with us. So you must be, you out there must be buying the products because so many of you need to use that code for them to continue with the sponsorship. And they keep doing it. They keep renewing month after month. So uh, keep doing your thing. Thank you very much, listeners. Manscaped.com. Right. That's that bot text. Ross, have you got, got a few more from the mailbox yeah, got, before we yeah, move got, on? Got a few more. Um, one more on fixtures, and then we'll get on to some other questions. Um, now, a question from Gray's Manic. I think I've said that right. I'm sorry if I have, haven't. Um, basically, do you think the players care as much as we do about the fixtures? And of course, I think they would do because uh, they'd be playing 46 games, getting ready for the season. Do you reckon how they, they look excited? They look at the fixtures on their phone and go, oh, here we go. Got to go to bloody Morecambe this day. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. Be some, well, if they don't, they ought to. I mean, yeah, of course they do. They like look at the fixtures. Of course, everyone likes to look at the fixtures. Who doesn't like looking at the fixtures? I mean, I understand of not looking at the kits or the season tickets, but the fixtures, ah, you got they, they, but they'll be looking up there thinking, oh, that's a tough. They'll be, they'll be, they'll all have gone. He'll be on there. It's ITFC players group in brackets, not the manager. Close brackets. WhatsApp group chat. <laughs> they'll be all over it. That's the that's the liveliest group chat, isn't it? The one yeah, with just the yeah. players. That's where some more questionable links are getting thrown around on, in that one. Yeah, of course they do. They've got to go to all these games. They're probably, they've probably they got to tell the missus, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm away Christmas night. The first thing that they're looking for is Boxing Day, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, if it's, a, it's an away trip, it's probably going to be a hotel on, uh, on Christmas night. Um, I think they are staying over a lot more under the new era. So they're probably looking at all those long trips and, and things like that. And, and probably like us fans, they sit down, footballers sit down and start to work out how many points in this month. Yeah, and of course they do. It's an interesting theory that I was listening to, um, I think it was the Peter Crouch podcast the other day, and he was telling a story about Tony Pulis at Stoke. And he, uh, he sat all the players down at the start of the season and he went, right, August, we've got, Man United away, Arsenal at home. So da, da, da. how many points and all the players sort of overestimated a little bit. Yeah, nine points, ten points. We can do this, do that. Pulis would go three. Next month, da da da. da, da. Again, no, no, we, we can do this. No, two points that month. And then he totted it all up at the end and they went, well, on average, that gets you 10th place. So sometimes you can get a bit carried away and sort of actually... You know, just just because one game you lose doesn't doesn't sort of throw everything off. I think that was the lesson that he was giving. By contrast, today Kieran McKenna at this breakfast was asked, you know, do you do that? Do you break up games into little blocks and do you set yourself points targets? And he sort of said, well, not really. The narrative last season was in the Championship slash League One, two points a game gets you enough for for the playoffs. And he said, in the end. We did two, pretty much two points a game and, and it wasn't enough last year. The points t- tally went up. So I want to win every game. I want three every game we target three points and that's the way he's looking at it, which is um, the opposite end of the Pulis scale, but quite refreshing as uh, fans to hear that. Every game we're going to tr- go into yeah. looking to win and target three points. And that's the way it's got to be, isn't it? Of course, as I can't stand all this micromanaging that stuff like the fixtures. Just get out there and win every game. That's that's two points per game will get us in the tops. Oh, be quiet. Just win every game. You'll be in the top two. You'll win it by 10 points. 
Okay then, boys. Um, one more, actually, one more. This is more a statement from Mike King, uh, Kingy Blue on Twitter. He said, "Why is everyone so excited about fixed release day? I just don't get it. We're going to play everyone twice, which is a fair statement, but we all want to know where we're going to go, home or away, what day, Boxing Day, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, there we go. Um, fair enough. Yeah, kits. Some people get really excited about them. Other people go, oh, they're wearing blue again. Um, <laughs> fixtures. We're playing everyone home and away twice. You're right." It's it's nice to get excited about all this stuff at this time of year, but the real excitement comes when that that football's placed on the centre spot for the first day. And let's see, uh, let's see what happens during those ninety minutes because um, the excitement can't come from all off the pitch stuff, the cleaning up the stadium and sorting out the community trust and all of that good stuff. Got to start doing it on the pitch now. It's been a little eleventh, ninth, eleventh. There's only so many sticking plasters you can kind of put over that off the pitch, isn't it? It's got to start happening on it soon. Okay, I've got um, a little picture here for you, lads, and it's a picture of Don Ball. Let me bring it up quickly. Now, this is from Shefford Blue, and he said, what was Don Ball thinking when this photo was taken? Now, wrong answers only, please, lads. What do you reckon? So for, for the listeners out there, he's just basically got his arms up like that. I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. The club posted it, but um, it's now become a bit of a meme. You know what memes are. But what do you reckon then, boys? Wrong answers only, please. He's saying only, only mashed potato with a pie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's saying. Only mashed potato with a pie. I love the vibe we're doing this for our audio re- listeners. I mean, what earth they, they're sitting there. If people got it in their ears at the moment, wandering down, walking through a park somewhere, they're thinking, "What the hell is this feature about?" They know the picture. Story. They know the picture. Everyone oh, knows they? it by now. Okay. They should know by now. And also, it's the picture on the mailbag, you know, appeal. So you'll you'll see the picture on okay. there. So there we go. What do you reckon, Stu? Oh, I'm not very good at these. Um... I've got no idea, Ross. Maybe, maybe he's he's looking at Corey and Darba lifting the uh, maxing out the weights room. I think Corey's been, <laughs> been videoed this week's proclaiming himself to be the strongest player in the EFL. I mean, the, oh. that 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 Wait. title is open now with uh, Akin Fenwa having retired, yeah. isn't it? But that's still that's still a bold shout. But maybe maybe Dom's just watched uh, Corey and Darba deadlift a ridiculous amount of weight, and he's uh, is responding to that. That's a perfect segue to for the next question is on Corey on Darby himself. And it's from good old Tom Baines. Um, if Darby doesn't get into the first team this year, do you think it's time at the club is done? Um, seems a lot of people thinking this, but he's only 22. We'd like to hear your thoughts, gents. What do you reckon then, Corey and Darby? This is make or break because this is going to be his like, fourth preseason, I think. What do you reckon then, boys? Yeah, I think I think if you start to get 22 years old, you need to be in around the first team very much so. Um, I, I, we haven't seen enough of him, have we? I mean, how, how, you know, he seems to go away. He seems to go away from us and do well. He had a great, yeah, really good season last season. So, yeah, he's got to be given a chance. At 22 years of age, you. I mean, again, I go back to the Arsenal situation. Look at look look at some of the Arsenal players who, uh, you know, um, Teta has, has put in his squad and, and, and young players. They they look at this, don't they? And someone like Darby's looking at players who are nine, 18, 19, 20 playing in the Premier League. You know, and he's 22. You said he's 22. Yeah, I mean, he should he should be in and around the first team this season. And if he isn't, then he'll probably want to move on. I would think. Yeah, it feels it feels a bit sort of um, now or never for me with Corey and Darby. Maybe with a change of manager, there might be one more loan and the door still ajar. But he's out of contract next summer, 
you'd think if Corey isn't part of it this year, I think at that age, he'd be starting to think I've got to go away and somewhere and play football. Um, so I, I think he's got a real good chance of, of being yeah. around it. This, this, I just think Probably. I've been really impressed with him whenever I've seen him in preseason. Um, so, so comfortable on the ball, left footed. He's capable of bursting out from the back. I think he ended up playing sort of left back quite a bit for Salford. Um, last summer. So left side of a back three, I think, could you know, obviously Edmondson is, is kind of in pole position there at the moment, but you never know. I don't know how far off Edmondson is with his recovery. There'll be other injuries along the way. I think he's got a real chance this year. I think he's a McKenna type of player from what I've seen of him. And I think if you go, you send a player out on loan and say, go on, go out on loan, get your experience, go and do the business. He's gone and done that. So he deserves, he, do, he deserves a crack. Yes, yeah, what Wolfenden did, it's what Downs did, yeah. I think, uh, and I think he's got a really good platform to kick on. And we talked about having the right mentality to be able to play for a club under expectations in League One. He looks like he's got the confidence about him. I know we just joked about that video there, but he's, he's got that sort of, he's got the Irish yeah. gift of the gab. He looks like someone that won't be phased by uh, going out there and playing for Ipswich. So I will watch his progress in these pre-season games with, with interest. Indeed, and um, that is it, boys. I just want to give a shout-out to everyone else who, of course, took part. Good old Ben Diaf, um, basically asking about will there be more signings coming, and we covered that. Um, Harvey Davis, also Sweetbush Prince, um, sent a question in, um, and some other great other people as well. Um, just uh, Lee, basically, just went, what's your favourite scented room diffuser? We can end it with that if you want. Vanilla. <laughs> Vanilla is mine. I might have one up here somewhere. I'd probably just go for some sort of linen, you know, yeah. fresh linen sort of smell. That's what I'm going for. Cotton, vanilla. Nice. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Smell back awesome. Good. That's good. Good. Hey, hey, don't forget Need a Market on Saturday. Hope we're all going to be there. We'll be there, won't we, us three? Are we all going? I'll yeah. order your press passes, you boys. I hope you are. I hope you're not going to let me down now. Leave me on my own. Three you of guys. us will be there. Bloomfield and reliably informed they've they've been on a little recce mission. Ipswich Town officials and they're they're, they're happy with how the pitch is looking. They're looking oh, forward to you, the game. Oh, you don't want to worry about the pitch at Needham Market. It's a cracker, absolute mm. cracker. I tell you what, it's a cracking. If you haven't been Needham, I think there's some tickets still left as well. Ipswich Town fans, if you did find that Needham Market is a terrific non-league ground. Real, you wait, you get there on Saturday. Lovely Town fans will be very impressed by what they see. The pitch will be perfect. Don't worry about it. But always is. But they actually look at the whole setup. They've got a three G pitch behind. Behind the main pitch as well, where you know this Ross as well. It's a great, it's it's a really really top setup. So good good place for Ipswich Town to be on Saturday. It's been years since I've been there. I've scored a goal at, at Needham Market. I think I've <laughs> bored have. you all on this podcast many many times before. Back post header, last yes. minute equaliser. Thank thank you very much. Exactly. And um, then he threw he threw his hairband in the crowd. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll I'll talk you all through that in a bit more detail. I'll I'll, I'll show you the exact blade of grass it happened at the yes. weekend. I'll bore you to tears with that. Um, I was going to have a bit more of a wider chat about pre-season, but this one has gone on far too long. We'll, uh, we'll we'll reconvene next week with Messrs Heath and, and Warren. When they're back, we can reflect on need and market, and maybe we'll talk about pre-season as a whole. What does it mean? Does it mean anything? What are we looking out for in the, the further games to come? But um, I think we should call that a wrap today. Any, any other business? No business. Nah, we're good. No other business, Mike. Get the catchphrase correct. No other business. Thank you. Ross, say it. No other business, boys. 
No other business. Thanks for listening. From true crime to football, Brexit to postal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.